do understand the desire to move along and to keep moving forward and, and all of that, but certainly, as I said before, hallelujah, it is important that we take time to ask God for what we need. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 48 and verse 13, and I know many people have just been seated, and I apologize but just out of honor to the reading of the word, I won't have you standing long. Out of honor to the reading of the word, could we stand and let's read this. Genesis 48, 13. And Joseph took them both, both of his sons, Ephraim being the second born in his right hand toward Israel or Jacob, his father's left hand. He was presenting his two sons to receive the blessing from Israel or Jacob, his father. And Manasseh he had in his left hand, toward Israel's right hand. And he brought them near unto Israel. And Israel stretched out his right hand and just seemingly random, he laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger and his left hand, he crossed it over and placed it upon Manasseh's head. Now, if you do that, that's a very uncomfortable position. He certainly didn't do that on accident. But the Bible says he guided his hands wittingly, meaning he did it on purpose. For Manasseh was the firstborn. Well, if he did that on purpose, why would he pray with his right hand, the right hand of power? Why would he pray for the firstborn with his left hand and the secondborn with his right hand? Then verse 17, And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. You've got the wrong kid here, Father. You've got the wrong kid. Move it off one head and put it on the other head. Uh, you know, the, the presumption. My, my dad don't know better. My parents don't know what's going on. He's, he's got bad eyesight, something. Let me move his hand. Verse 18, And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this Manasseh is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. Give him the birthright. Give him the blessing. But his father refused. And said, I know it, my son. I know what I'm doing. He also shall become a people. He also shall be great. But truly... His younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Now you're going to have to give me a minute to settle this point. What in the world does this have to do with us? Praise God. I want to preach to you today on this topic, the second born. The second born. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now and ask that the Lord would speak to us? 
that His Spirit would flow freely. Hallelujah, that His Word would minister in our hearts. Lord God, we thank You for all that You've done and all that You're doing. We pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, You would bless us today. Open up Your Word. Let there be revelation and understanding. Help us, Lord God, to truly get this. I pray that You would help me to communicate it the way You desire for me to communicate it. In Jesus' name, I love You and I thank You. In Jesus' name, we pray pray amen hallelujah now don't get quiet on me today if you're here to worship you've already worshiped continue to worship during the sermon is that all right god bless you you may be seated the second born we have any second born children here today oh, praise god all right just a couple of us praise oh yeah my brother al over here uh i'm i'm the second born we have any firstborn? We've got a couple first points. All right, uh, you guys can go ahead and leave now. I'm kidding. Um, praise God. Uh, so, yes, we've got this firstborn, secondborn. Uh, it, it's quite interesting to see the dynamics of a family when that second child comes along, right? Um, you know, the, I, I saw, I was, I was looking for some quotes earlier, and, and I saw one quote, the person said, I had the second one to keep the first one company, right? <laughs> uh, sometimes we do that. We, we take this big move and have that second child in order to keep the first one busy, give them somebody to play with. But in actuality, sometimes our focus and attention remains on that firstborn. Uh, just earlier today, and I did ask her permission to see if I could use this. I was walking into the Sunday school or the, the kids' wing, and uh, Hannah was over by the chairs, and uh, Sister Karen was in the nursery, and she was calling on Hannah to come and help clean. She had her other children there, which in her defense, they do have a small army, praise God. But she said, Okay, you guys do this, and then she said, and, uh, and uh, what's your name? Hannah, you come, <laughs> and I, it brought me back, it reminded me of my father who uh, loved his children dearly, but how many times he forgot my younger brother's name and my name. I never heard him forget my older brother's name. But there'd be times, and it, wouldn't, it wasn't that he'd forget it, but um, um, Aaron, Aaron, that's it, that's the one, Aaron, right? Like it's a second thought, praise God. I remember my, my mom telling me not too long ago about the time that she had her firstborn, my older brother, and she got pregnant with me. She said she recalled being at a park one day, and there at a park, she, her, my older brother was playing in the playground and she saw some of the other kids and she said that the dread all of a sudden hit her. As she said, I don't know that I could give another child as much love as I give this child. So, all right, well, thanks, Mom. <laughs> of course, her point was that when I came, she was able to do it, and she was able to, uh, you know, that still has to be seen. But, um, you know, but, but if you're a parent of more than one kid, you could probably recognize the struggle. 
How blessed it is to have that firstborn, that precious young boy, my son, who is just, I mean, just seems to be the, 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 the perfect child that, that I'd ever seen in my whole life. I tell you, it is God's way of convincing us to have a second one. I had my firstborn, and he just was so good, so perfect, so calm. And uh, he still just, you know, you see him, how, how incredible he is. Then we said, you know what, if this one's so good, it would be wrong for us not to have a second child. I mean, it would be, a, it would be wrong. It, we would not be doing our world right without bringing a second perfect child into the world. And then I had my daughter. My second born. And I realized that God tricked me into having this second child. And my daughter, I love her with all my heart. But man, she is not the calm, collected. Uh, and those of you who know her, you know. I've had people literally tell me in the church, I don't talk to her, I'm scared of her. She's three years old, okay? <laughs> and listen, I don't blame you. There's times I go around the room to avoid her, praise God. Because she is so intense. She is truly that second born, praise God. And, and I actually found a website that had an article about second born compared to first born. It's from the NPR. Uh, they said this, compared to older siblings, second born boys, now this is specifically for boys, because boys are more likely to get in trouble than girls are, just in general. That's not in my case, but anyhow, um, in general, boys are more likely to be get in trouble. But it says the second-born boys are more likely to go to prison, get suspended in school, and even enter juvenile delinquencies. And in fact, it's such a large margin, they said uh, in their studies it's 25 to 40%. The second child has a 25 to 40% more chance of going to prison, getting suspended in school, or becoming a juvenile delinquency than the firstborn does. And when I read that, all I could think was, man, I made it. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're a second born, you should say, thank you, Jesus. I made it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now we'll just see if I continue this, uh, you know, this stride. Uh, but they actually said in, in their prediction, the reasons they claim the second born has more uh, likely of a chance to get into trouble is because parents of firstborns are more invested in their upbringing. You remember your firstborn. You, you wouldn't let them cry in the middle of the night. You ran in there to make sure they were okay every single night. Your second born, you slept through their crying. The, the first born, you made sure that everything was clean. The house was protected. And every, they, they were not going to be harmed whatsoever. And then your second born comes along and says, it's all right. He'll, it, it'll teach them. <laughs> What doesn't kill them makes them stronger, right? Hallelujah. You're more invested. You make sure that your firstborn has the best schools. The firstborn has this and that. And then 
the second born comes along and says, well, you know, we'll just see if they do the same thing as the first born, right? You don't buy the second born clothes. You give them hand-me-downs, right? The firstborn is the most well-dressed little boy or little girl in the world. The second born, he literally has stains on his clothes because of the firstborn. Praise God. Now, I'm saying all this, and I can feel like some of the parents are like, I don't do that. I'm gonna, you're getting angry with me right now. But, and, I, and I get it. You know, I'm just, I'm just making the point that uh, it is common for the firstborn to get more attention than the secondborn, especially in cultures, the laws and customs of all nations, every nation and culture that we have, civilization that we know of, that all exalted the firstborn and made them a priority over the secondborn or any additional child after that. They had superiority in privilege, a superiority in authority. It was expected that the firstborn would take care of the family at a certain point. They would also have the privileges of maybe getting a double portion in their inheritance because they would be expected to do more than the second or third or any children after that. The firstborn son was the one who normally received the double inheritance and was the one who would inherit the father's role as head of the family. That was tradition. Maybe in your family you saw some of that tradition. As you grew older, you recognized it was the oldest son who needed to take care of the parents or the oldest daughter who needed to take care of the parents. Maybe it was their responsibility financially to make sure they had a place to go to or, or would house them in their own home. Tradition seems to allow us to have this mindset that the firstborn carries the brunt of responsibility, of blessing, and of inheritance. But can I tell you, God is is not bound to tradition and he doesn't do things the way we do things he doesn't think that way and God looked down on the children of Israel on Manasseh and Ephraim also on several other brothers that we're going to talk about today and he said no I'm going to break the mold I'm not just going to bless the firstborn because of his privilege I'm going to bless the secondborn because I've chosen this one and I've set him apart and I've decided that this is the one I am going to use. Oh, praise God. Again, pastor, what does this mean for me? Give me just another minute. Genesis, if we were to sum up Genesis, of course it's the story of creation, but it's also the struggle between siblings to acquire that birthright. We see even from the first set of children, Cain and Abel, which we'll talk more about later on, they struggled, they toiled. The first murder was a brother 
on brother fight. We see it with Jacob and Esau. We see it with Ephraim and Manasseh. We see it with Ishmael and Isaac. This fighting, this toil between the first and the second born. Maybe not seen any greater than in the story of Jacob and Esau. Genesis 25 and verse 21. If you could throw that up for me. It says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Hallelujah. Be careful when you pray for a barren woman. Or be careful when you pray in general. You might get a little bit more than you expected. Praise God. He prayed for his barren wife. And the Lord entreated him and gave him twins. Praise God. (laughs) And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Look at this, verse 22. And the children struggled together within her. They wrestled each other, fought each other. Who's going to be first to come out? Who's going to overcome the other? Who's going to win in this battle between toddlers or, or infants? And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? She said, why does it feel like there's a battle going on in my belly? And she went to inquire the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations, everybody say two. Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people, two different types of kids, shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And look at this. And the elder shall serve the younger. The elder shall serve the younger. But that's not tradition, Lord. That's not common for the elder to serve the younger. We see that even as that baby was departing out of the mother's womb, Jacob grabbed hold of the heel of Esau. He said, no, you're not going anywhere. Hallelujah. You're not going without me. Praise God. And they both came out. We see that Esau came out. Esau was a man's man. Esau was hairy. He he was an outdoorsman. He was truly a nature man, an earthly man. And as the second born Jacob, he was not the same. He was a homebody. But he grew to learn that he needed to use his wits to get by. Hallelujah, am I talking to any second-born children here today? Hallelujah. You've had to use your wits to get by. Jacob found loopholes in order to get his birthright. We know he tricked Esau. He gave him that pottage, that, that bowl of soup, in order for Esau to give him his birthright. Esau did not respect the birthright. He did not respect the blessing. And he handed it over to Jacob for a little bowl of soup. Hallelujah. And the craziest thing about this story is that God actually honored the loopholes. God actually said, that's okay, Jacob. I know you're lying and cheating and you're doing this and you're doing that. You're immoral. You're doing things that I wouldn't approve of, but I'll bless it anyhow. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll bless it anyhow. Jacob, his mother preferred Jacob, uh, 
his father Isaac preferred Esau. Esau's the firstborn was going in to get the blessing. You guys still with me? Holding on? I know it's a long journey, but I'm about to, we're about to arrive. Esau went into uh, Isaac. Isaac was going to bless him, but first told him, Go, get me uh, venison, my favorite meal. Uh, Rebecca heard the, the request of Isaac, and she went to Jacob and said, Put on some skins. Make yourself look like a man's man, like Esau. Make yourself smell like him. Take on that role of a man, a, a man's man, a hairy man, and go before your father. And before your father, he will bless you and give you the firstborn blessing. Why would Rebecca do that? It's because God told her, the elder shall serve the younger. Rebecca knew that there was a plan in place that somehow in the cosmos the Lord wanted to settle a point in almost every one of these brothers' stories. The Lord wanted to make a point, hallelujah, that He would call the second born over the firstborn. Hallelujah. Now hold on. I know the firstborn is feeling a little left out here, but let me really tell you what I'm preaching on for a moment. You see, there was another man who made himself or another God who made himself as a man. A God who robed himself not with hairy arms but robed himself in flesh. He broke the rules and he found some loopholes and he came to this earth and he died for you and for me. I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus came to this earth. He snuck in under the radar and nobody knew who he was or what he was about. Certainly if he had known, they never would have crucified him. But because he dressed himself up like a man, like an earthly man, and he dwelt among us, he tricked everybody he tricked the rulers. He tricked hell and the devil and the demons. And he went on that cross and he died for you and me. And he broke the rules and he told, found a loophole so that you and me can be saved. Oh, somebody thank the Lord today. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 15, 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man, everybody say second, is of the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the first man, Adam, he destroyed everything. He wrecked the system. But the second man who was created straight from God, his name was Jesus. He was the second born and he was preferred among the first. And he came on this earth and he undid everything the firstborn did. He set us apart. He washed away our sins and he cleansed us oh praise God hallelujah hallelujah praise the Lord Jesus is that example 
of the second born who was preferred. In fact, we can see this broad, let's make it even more broad, this idea in scriptures. The Bible calls Israel the firstborn over and over again. Calls Israel the firstborn. Let's look at Galatians 4.28. We find the story of another set of, of brothers. This is the children of Abraham. You remember his wife, Sarai, could not bear children. So she handed over her handmaiden, Hagar, and he stepped out of the promise. He went to the servant woman, right? And out of that servant woman, he got a son, Ishmael. That was his firstborn son, Ishmael. And then the promise of, the, of God came. And in that later, that, those elderly years, they also had a son, Sarah and Abraham. And they called his name Isaac. Isaac was the promised child. Galatians 4.28, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so it is now. He's saying, Ishmael, persecuted Isaac. There was tension between the two. Nevertheless, verse 30, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. This is another example. Hallelujah, how that God called the children of Israel as the firstborn. But then he brought the children of promise. Hallelujah, didn't do away with the children of the firstborn, the Jews. But because the Jews neglected him and the Jews denied him, God said, I will call the secondborn, which are the Gentiles. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And he says, I will give them a second covenant, and this covenant shall be greater than the first. I will give them a promise. They will be children of the promise, not children of the law. As the first. Oh, come on now. I'm talking about the blessing of the secondborn. Your part of the second born blessing of God. Praise God. Because you and I are children. Oh, somebody shout, I'm a child of the promise. Hallelujah. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. What promise is that? The promise of the Spirit of God. You're part of the second born promise. You're part of the second born promise. 
And the New Testament didn't do away with the Old Testament, but it was magnified above. It completed it. And all the shadows in the Old Testament, it came to fruition in the New Testament because it was the second promise. It was the second born. Hallelujah. And the second born was exalted by God greater than the firstborn. That's why you can look at Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of these great men of God, Moses and Joshua. We can look at them with respect, but we can also say, I'm part of a greater promise. I'm part of a greater promise. I'm part of a greater promise. And whatsoever Moses did, I can do it. Whatever miracles Joshua did, I can do it. Because I'm part of the second born blessing. Oh, somebody stand to your feet and rejoice in the Lord. And say, Lord, I thank you for calling me in the second born blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're part of the second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's two nations inside of you. They'll both be great. But the elder shall serve the younger. Hallelujah. I'm not here to try to exalt ourselves over anyone. But I am here to say we're part of that greater we're part of that second born promise. We're part of that. Oh, clap your hands again to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I'm going to crush everybody's hope right now because you thought I was done, but I'm not. You can be seated. I apologize, but I promise I won't be too much longer. John chapter 3, verse 3. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, my son, Wednesday night, he said, verily, verily, that means this is really important. It's all right if I'm proud of my son today. (laughs) Verily, verily, this is really important. Listen to me. That's what Jesus is saying. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oh, halabasotorabasi. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus says, Well, listen, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit hallelujah it's the second born blessing (laughs) it's the second born blessing praise God I thank God that I had the opportunity to be born I was out witnessing one time and I came across a man and I started preaching to him he obviously didn't want to have anything to do with me. I was a young kid, though, and I pushed it, and I'd, I wouldn't leave him alone, praise God. And uh, he, I said to him, I said, you can be born again. He said, born again? I wish I wasn't born the first time. I said, well, maybe the second time will be better for you. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, there's the same promise here today. 
You say, well, the first time wasn't much. This life has been hard. This life has been rough. That's because you're part of the firstborn blessing. But hallelujah, if you can be born again in the spirit, you'll take on the inheritance of the second born blessing. <laughs> when you're born again in the spirit, you take on the second born blessing. You see, because God preferred the second born. Why? I believe there was an eternal truth he wanted us in our day to understand. And that is, though he blessed and honored the Jews, today he's given us a much greater blessing in the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost today? Hallelujah. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost? So... If that's true, then that means here today we have both the firstborn flesh and the secondborn spirit living inside of us. Oh, praise God. Both. And can I communicate to you? It's a struggle between the firstborn. And the second born every day. Am I right? I'm seeing it come over your face as you feel the Holy Ghost because now you're seeing where I'm going. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. The flesh is that firstborn promise. For they that are born of the flesh is flesh. That's the firstborn. And they that were born of the spirit is spirit. That's the second born. But they that are after the Spirit, they do mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God or the Spirit of God. That word enmity means they're enemies. They're against one another. You ever wondered why it seems like you leave church on Sunday and that second born promise is in your life, but then Monday comes around and you feel the call of that firstborn struggling and fighting and saying, no, don't pray today. You went to church tomorrow. You don't need to pray today. You don't need to fast this week. You don't need to read the Bible. Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. You don't need to read your Bible today. No, no, there's this struggle and this fight like in the womb of, Re of uh, uh, Rebecca that struggle and that fight because there are two different natures living inside of her the carnal, the fleshly and the spirit, the heavenly and they're contrary one to the other but look at verse 8 so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God can I present to you two more brothers in the Old Testament? Cain, who was the firstborn, and Abel, who was the secondborn. Cain could not please God because he was not in tune with God's will and God's spirit and God's plan. When it was time for sacrifice, he brought the fruits of the ground. But Abel knew better. He brought the sacrifice of a lamb. And look at this. God says to him, God says, there's a 
Sin is like the, a lion at the door ready to pounce. Because when you live in the flesh, sin is always waiting for you. The firstborn is cursed with sin and the temptation of sin. Cain, if you don't change your life right now, if you don't become more like your secondborn, if you don't become more like Abel, then sin is right at the door. But instead of Cain submitting to the ideas of Abel, Cain grew in jealousy and slew the secondborn Abel. And your flesh wants nothing more but to kill off the work of God that he's doing in your life. And he wants nothing more but to cut away the blessings that you received on Sunday. He wants to steal from you the promises you got in prayer. He wants to remove the revelations from out of your mind. He wants to make you carnally minded again. He wants to get you caught about with sins and in turmoil. He wants to put weights on you so that you cannot invest in the second born. Hallelujah, the first man, the first born wants to kill off and destroy the second. hear me today if we allow the firstborn to control our lives then we cannot please God and sin is at the door waiting to pounce there's no wonder if we could stand right now It's no wonder why Joseph brought Manasseh, the firstborn, wanted to exalt him. Because that's what we are used to. That's tradition. That's common for you and me. It's to exalt the flesh, to invest in our carnal selves. We invest in filling our bellies, filling our minds with entertainment. We, we put ourselves out there. We desire to invest in the carnal man, the fleshly. We're like Joseph sometimes, and we put Manasseh to be first. Bless Manasseh. Let Manasseh be the promised child. Let Manasseh be exalted. Let Manasseh be the one that gets all the blessings. I cannot tell you, the Lord says, I've not chosen the firstborn, but I've chosen the secondborn. And where we may exalt the firstborn, God says, no. It's those who invest in the Spirit of the Lord that shall receive my blessings. Those who desire after my presence, they're the ones that have my blessing. Those who pursue after me, 
Those are the ones who have my blessing. Those who pray and seek my face. Those who fast and can get kill off the old man. Those who come to church and participate in the body of Christ. They are the ones that I give the second born blessing to. They are the ones that I exalt. They are the ones that I desire to bless and I desire to use. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, Isaac, I'm sorry, Jacob, knowing Joseph wants to exalt the firstborn, he takes his right hand and he places it upon the head of the secondborn. He places it upon the head of the secondborn. His left hand, he places it on Manasseh. He makes a statement. Both natures are going to live here. I wish I could tell you that you're never going to have to fight the flesh. I'd be lying. I wish I could tell you that that old man would just go away. You'd never have to meet him again. But I'm telling you, from time to time, that old man's going to come back again. Even Jesus had to eat. Even Jesus had to sleep. Even Jesus had to drink water. Hallelujah. So I'm not going to tell you that that firstborn is going to be completely done away with. But I am going to tell you that the Lord has crossed His hands and has said, I will bless the secondborn. It's time for somebody in this place to do what doesn't feel natural. To do what doesn't feel natural to the carnal man. To cross your arms and say, God, I done exalting the firstborn. I'm done investing in my flesh. I'm done doing what my carnal mind tells me to do. I'm going to start praying again. And I'm going to start going to church again. And I'm going to start reading the Bible again. I'm going to start worshiping again. I'm going to start fasting again. Why? Because I want the blessing of the secondborn. Right now, would you do that? Hallelujah, I want to invite everybody to come down to this altar. Right now, would you come down? Lay yourself down and say, God, Lord, give me the blessing of the secondborn. If you today have not received the Spirit of God inside of you, hallelujah, you can receive the Holy Ghost this morning. Hallelujah, as is tradition, we invite everyone to come down to the altar because we don't want anybody to feel left out. We invite you to come find a place to pray for a few minutes and to call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, the Rada Labosi. Oh, I know I've been living the life of the firstborn. I know I'm living the life of the firstborn. But Lord, today I make a decision. Lord, I want to live my life for the secondborn. Help me to live in the Spirit. Help me to walk in the Spirit, Lord. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, worthy of it all.